Welcome to The Average Shepherd. My name is Father Sam French, and today is Sunday in the first week of Lent. And the homily today is called, What is a Temptation? We're reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. Let's begin. Today's Gospel captures this spirit of Lent. Jesus is driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, where he fasted and was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Now, that number is significant. In Scripture, numbers are almost always important. The number 40 appears 146 times throughout the Bible, and it's usually associated with the theme of trial, testing, or preparation. For example, in the story of Noah's Ark, it tells us that rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. We also read about how Moses went up into the cloud on Mount Sinai to speak to God for 40 days and 40 nights. The Israelites wandered in the wilderness for 40 years before the promised land, and Jesus fasts for 40 days. The examples go on. But regularly, the story follows the same pattern. There is a trial for 40 days or 40 years, and then after that period, after that trial, God sends a blessing. Trial first, then blessing. So, for example, in today's reading from Genesis, the flood is finally over, the trial is complete, and then God sends the blessing of the rainbow, a sign of his covenant and love for his creation. When Moses comes off the mountain, God blesses the people with his presence in the Ark of the Covenant, which was housed inside the tent, which was called the tabernacle. And then after the Israelites wandered for 40 years in the desert, they were led into the blessing of Canaan, the promised land. And of course, today in the gospel, Jesus comes out from the desert and the first words to pass his lips tell us of God's blessing for all of humanity. The time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. So the message for us in Lent is quite clear. God allows us to undergo trials and temptations that by facing them, we may draw closer to him and receive his blessings. Our struggle with temptation, though challenging, can actually be for us an opportunity of profound spiritual growth. So I just want to spend a few minutes now speaking about the nature of temptation and how we should understand it and approach it in this season of Lent. A few years ago now, back when magazines were a thing, a Christian magazine surveyed their subscribers and asked them what their greatest spiritual challenges were. The top listed temptation for most was materialism, followed closely by pride, self-centeredness, laziness, anger, lust, envy, gluttony, and at the bottom of the list was lying, which personally made me wonder how many were actually telling the truth on that survey. But while speaking about their experiences, those who took the survey noted that temptations were most powerful in their lives when they had neglected prayer and relationship with God, and when they were physically tired and stressed. On the other hand, they stated that the ability to resist temptation was made easier by a strong spiritual life, avoiding compromising situations in the first place, and being accountable to someone else. Suggestions which, funnily enough, seem to line up almost perfectly with the traditional Lenten practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. It turns out the church might actually be onto something there. Now, of course, it goes without saying that temptations towards sin affect all of us, no matter our age or our circumstances. Even Jesus himself was tempted as we read today. A few years ago, I was at a men's conference where one of the speakers was talking about how the rapid increase in internet pornography addiction was destroying the relationships and even marriages of young men. One younger guy put his hand up and he said, at what age do these kind of sexual temptations go away? And the speaker with a wry smile on his face said, don't worry, temptations do go away about half an hour 
after you die. Now, it was a humorous and memorable answer, but the point was that temptation to sin, whether to lust, materialism, laziness, or pride, will always be with us. It's something that we must learn to face every single day of our lives. Now, when we accept the reality of our own struggles and temptations, today's gospel about Christ's temptation in the wilderness actually becomes a great comfort to us because we see Jesus, the Son of God, walking in our shoes. In fact, this is what it says in the letter of the Hebrews. It says, For we have not a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So while it's true that Jesus never fell, he never succumbed to the lure of sin, he did experience the temptation that we all experience. But more importantly, especially during Lent, he wants to give us access to the grace and strength to overcome those temptations just as he did in the desert. I think a second important point we can draw out of today's gospel is that Jesus was tempted by Satan, the devil himself. Now, when we apply this fact to our own lives, we have to be careful to avoid the two extremes. The first is to think the devil is responsible for every temptation, every sin, every evil in the world. That is to say, the devil is hiding around every corner. Now, this mentality is dangerous. It can make us spiritually neurotic and ultimately distracted from the joy of the gospel and positive ways in which we should be serving God. If we're too worried about the devil catching us, then we're not going to be out loving our neighbor and feeding the poor. But the second extreme, of course, is a total denial of the devil's existence and influence altogether. This common idea, especially in the postmodern world today, that such superstitions are all a bit outdated and don't apply to us in the modern world. Well, on this point, the French poet Charles Baudelaire once wrote and put it the best. The prettiest little trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. So with that in mind, I think the healthiest, most balanced approach, as always, is somewhere in the middle. In reality, most temptations are not the direct workings of the devil, but simply the mistaken desires of our broken human nature. What do I mean? Well, because of the effects of original sin, without God's grace, we cannot possess complete mastery over our mind, memory, imagination, will, and emotions. St. Paul summed this up perfectly in Romans chapter 7. He says of himself, reflecting on his own interior life, For I do not do the good that I want to do, but instead find myself doing the evil I do not want to do, and this I keep on doing. If it's true for saints, it's true for us. We're always struggling against some part of our human nature, and for some of us, that can be quite confusing and distressing. And that's why it is important to recognize that we are not bad people. We do not desire evil itself. However, in moments of weakness, we can be misled by evil when it's dressed up as good. Now that is a probably the simplest definition of temptation, the desire for evil under the appearance of immediate good. Let me give some examples. I might think it'd be a great thing, a wonderful thing, to stay warm and cozy in my bed all morning rather than get up for exercise, go to morning mass, or look after the kids. That would be a temptation to laziness because in the moment, in that, in that very instance, the warm coziness of the bed presents itself as an apparent good, but it's at the expense of our duties. In another example, while I'm hungry in the moment, I might think it's a great idea to eat an entire bucket of fried chicken, but that would be gluttony, of course. Or I might really want Gary to mess up his presentation at work so he bombs in front of the boss and then I get the promotion that I think I deserve. That would be envy. 
So most temptations start with our human weakness. But then the devil can come and exploit those weaknesses to trap us and lead us further from God. So it starts within us, but the the devil can exploit those weaknesses. His method reminds me of a story I read about of American hunters who went to Africa to catch some animals and bring them back for display at the zoo. Now, while in Africa, they found it almost impossible to catch this super intelligent ring-tailed monkey. Now, while the Americans struggled, the Zulu people found catching these monkeys quite simple. They knew the best method to catch one was to let it trap itself. What they would do is cut a small hole in a melon, the seeds of which ring-tailed monkeys love to eat. The monkeys would then come and stick their little hands in the hole. They would grab a handful of those seeds, but then their fist was too big to pull it out. They would tug, screech, fight with a melon for hours until the Zulus would sneak up and then grab them from behind. Well, that, in a sense, is how the devil works. He knows our human weaknesses, and when we are most vulnerable, he stirs up our passions, our imagination to drive us toward that trap. But it only works, of course, if we take the bait. So ultimately, temptations, they're not from God, but he does allow us to undergo these trials and temptations. Not so that we fall, but that we grow in holiness. Because temptations, they force us to rise up and make a choice in the moment, either for God or for the world. And although we know that mercy and forgiveness are always offered to us when we fall, there are many blessings for those who strive to endure the trial and overcome the power of temptation in their lives. These blessings are a growth in holiness, a growth in virtue, closer relationship with God, interior peace, deepened faith, increased strength in the face of trial, and the power to witness to the transformative power of God to others in the world. So with God's help, no temptation is too great, none too difficult for us to overcome. So let's use this Lent to identify which temptation most holds us back from God and direct all of our prayer, our fasting, our almsgiving to overcoming the power of that temptation in our lives. Remember this, we never do this alone. Jesus has been there and he continues to walk with us even in our trials. Almighty and most merciful God, graciously listen to our prayers. Free our hearts from the temptations of evil thoughts and deeds, that we may worthily become a dwelling place for your Holy Spirit. We ask this in the holy name of Jesus through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you want to help me spread the word and the average shepherd, you can do so by recommending this to a friend you think might benefit. Thank you, God bless, and keep the faith.